0: You're trying to fight against your willpower. You'll just drain yourself completely and you'll be broken every day.
1: Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter. And today, Joe's interviewing Gavin Weiner. Gavin is a business automation consultant and expert. He specialises in working with online spiritual and holistic coaches to set up automations and processes to allow them to focus on the fun parts of their business and stay in their zone of genius by saving time and growing their business. Back to the studio.
0: Power to live more with Joe Dodds.
1: Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. Today, I'm interviewing Gavin Wiener of Gavin Wiener Consulting and Automation. Welcome, Gavin. Thanks for joining me.
0: Thank you very much for having me. I'm glad to be here.
1: Lovely. So start by telling us who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it.
0: So I am the Gavin Wiener of Gavin Wiener Consulting and Automation, and right now I'm in Bali, but I'm very soon heading back home to South Africa and to kind of give the the short version of a long story is what i do is i'm a automation agency owner and i work specifically with online spiritual and holistic coaches and businesses to introduce systems and automations and processes that let them save time in their business let them take all that overwhelm off their shoulders and ultimately let them focus on the fun parts of what they enjoy working with clients being creative and not having to worry about all the other boring business stuff.
1: Lovely. And how did that all come about? Because I guess it's not something that the average person in that position would be thinking about because they're thinking about healing people and working with people holistically and all that sort of stuff. The the sort of technical stuff is probably not top of their their mind. Um, And also now, There's many more of them working online, but a lot of those people wouldn't have been working online in the past. So it's an interesting niche to have started with, which I guess has grown exponentially in the last year with the pandemic. (laughs) So tell us how it all came about.
0: Mm. So my backstory is very like technical, like starting with computer science and all that. But to kind of just mention the actual niche part, that is pretty much why I went in this direction is I, I found myself... Um, working with one specific client who is an astral projection coach. So it's, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty out there for me when I yeah. first heard about it, but like I very quickly learned and realized, I was like, Oh, he's doing amazing stuff. People really are benefiting from what he learns I mean, from what he does, but he was just spending so much time on the stuff. He doesn't enjoy the business stuff when he just wants to be working with people. And also from my own journey of having coaches and mentors and having explored a lot in Bali, especially in the last few years, I just realized like these, these coaches specifically in the spiritual and holistic space are doing awesome things for awesome people, but like they're getting bogged down and overwhelmed by all this admin stuff and setting up systems. Cause that's just not how their brains work. And yeah. that's very much how my brain works. Cause Like I said, I come from a big background of computer science. I was working as a full-on developer for um, one of the biggest fashion brands in South Africa, which was amazing. It was fun, but I kind of just had that drive to go travel and work online and everything. Mm -hmm. And also just different problems, just kind of see what else people are going through. And, yeah, I just very quickly learned that I loved that was working with different businesses and different focuses with very different problems. Um, and it was awesome. It was really cool to see the changes in businesses and helping them build these applications. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the clients I found that I really enjoyed working with was when it was kind of the shorter situations of like, oh, we worked together for a few weeks or a month and I create a, a script or an automation that saves them a ton of time. And just seeing that, Big win kind of off the bat. I was like, I enjoy this because it was kind of, you could really see the impact you were making, especially in the smaller businesses. So it naturally just developed from there. And then being in Bali, that's where the spiritual focus came in.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you start when you work with somebody, or, or how do they decide they need somebody like you? Because again, some of the things for me around things like automation or, or or even things like outsourcing, quite often people sort of think the concept is good. <laughs> it would be great, mm. but don't really sort of think enough about it to know where they need it, if you like. So, you know, I talk to people about automation quite a lot and I and I share the things that I automate. So I say, you know, when I I don't know, book people in for the podcast. I've got it set up so that the Zoom call gets booked and my draft email response to them gets put into my inbox and, you know, various other things happen. Um, as a way of sort of helping people to understand what's possible, how do, how do you work with people? Because, as I say, they don't really understand half the time or most of the time, I would imagine, what's actually possible. And I bet there's a lot more possible possibilities that you can create once you get to understand their business that they wouldn't have even thought about.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing you mentioned. They sometimes don't even know what's possible. And the the crazy thing is for a lot of people I've worked with is they they know they they like have that sense that there must be an, a better way to do it, to introduce more structure and process and all that. But they firstly don't even know where to start looking and they don't even have enough time to start looking because they're still doing everything <laughs> themselves and manually. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a chicken and an egg type situation almost. Yeah. So one thing I, I recommend to, to everyone, it's like even way before you are feeling like overwhelmed is like you just need to start documenting your processes. And that's what I do with people when I first start with them. I say like I everyone's using their own apps and software. Everyone's different. But the first step is, what are you currently doing in your business? Like you need to just start documenting out what are those repeatable processes you're doing? Because also if it's not something you're doing over and over, you can't automate it really anyway. It needs to be something that's happening the same way or almost the same way every time. And it needs to be, be happening frequently enough that it's actually worth automating. So that's, that's always the first step, whether, um, I'm doing it for my own business, just documentation, but just what am I currently doing? Just start mapping out those processes, the manual ones. Like I go to, when I book in a client, like you're saying, booking a podcast episode, I need to send them this email with this information. I need to create a, a folder for them, maybe in Google Drive. I need to set a reminder, to like just start mapping those out, like one step, two step, three step. That's the first step every time for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so that's the beginning bit of it. So you've got somebody who who's who's done some mapping of, of their processes. What mm. What's the next step and how do you help them?
0: Yeah, so from there, once you know what you're trying to achieve, then that's when more of the technical things kind of step in because obviously yeah. you have so many tools out there. You have like I work primarily with Zapier and Integromat. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously there's so many automation tools out there. And I actually put out a, a short podcast episode about this recently. And I said that really the the best one for you is just the one that supports whatever you, you're using and is like, obviously user friendly. So that's when kind of the technical research comes in a little bit is like, okay, we've got these processes. We're using these apps where, They're interacting this way uh, between each other or we want them to interact this way. Now, which automation platforms are there available, whether it's Zapier or Integromat, and are the apps we're using supported and offer the actions and the kind of what we call triggers that allow us to achieve what we want?
1: Yeah. I haven't come across Integromat Is that, um, sort of quite specialist. I mean, Zap- Zapier can be quite, um, you know, it's got a lot of, of apps that most people are using. I, I certainly don't often find things that don't connect using that.
0: So Integromat is kind of like, I would say it's the less user-friendly version of Zapier. It's <laughs> its a lot more powerful. So that's also a trade-off is uh, with a lot of these platforms, the more user-friendly it is, the less control you have, because it makes sense. Yeah. Like yeah. to keep something user-friendly, you have to take away some kind of control. And so integramats kind of step in more towards, like now you have more control, but it's a lot less user-friendly. Like even yeah. for me, I had to kind of get quite oriented. The the user interface is very different and you kind of have to understand um, like coding stuff a little bit more. Like that, that was how I felt about it. So. It's a lot more powerful of a platform, but it's super well supported. So it's like that's where I would definitely say look to if Zappi is not meeting the needs that you want.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so what sort of things are your clients automating or rather what sort of things are you automating for your clients?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So as I mentioned, um, every business is different in regards to the the platforms they're using, the apps they're using, what they use for their email. Some people are using Gmail. Some might um, be using uh, some of these new platforms. I think there's one called Super or something like that. Um, But there are kind of shared concepts. Like every business has an onboarding process. Every business has a follow-up process, invoicing, accounting, things like that. So where I found myself working with a lot of businesses is with their onboarding, so they will have clients coming in and they're selling clients and work with new people, but then it's now, okay, now we actually need to get everything set up and working with everyone in a, in an efficient way. And that's where I've seen myself helping a lot of, especially small businesses is automating that onboarding process. So, okay, cool. We've just brought someone on now. We need to create, Google drive for them we need to create various documents for them we need to ask them for various things kind of like you asked me uh when i joined the podcast getting blurbs and various things you needed from me yeah and setting up those processes that you don't have to do those manually okay cool i need to ask them for their login details to a certain platform and then you forget to follow up and everything gets dragged out so it's i found myself helping a lot with onboarding processes especially
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what does what does your sort of day look like how do you work with people bearing in mind um would you call yourself a digital nomad (laughs) as you're not at home
0: (laughs) yeah I I absolutely I've never liked the term digital nomad but (laughs) yes (laughs) for yeah for all intents and purposes I am um yeah so for me it's I really try to keep myself structured as if I'm just kind of having a nine-to-five job, but obviously there is more flexibility in there. But I already, in my mornings, I, I try, that's when I try to do my heaviest kind of work, my like deep thinking stuff. Yeah. And then from the afternoon, it's normally sending um, follow-ups to people, kind of giving updates. It's also uh, reaching out to people again, um also just researching kind of what's new in the field and any interesting things coming up so it's very much structured like a a normal nine to five day to day i'm just Mm -hmm. in in bali or i'm in spain or i'm in france or germany you never know
1: i was waiting for you to say and then a trip to the beach
0: (laughs) i do i do slip in a morning surf very frequently at the moment
1: (laughs) good phew you were you were going to disappoint me then (laughs) Uh, lovely so um so what what tips have you got for people working sort of okay let's call you a location independent business owner is that better
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, that that sounds good
1: (laughs) yeah so what tips have you got for that um compared to you know is it is it that much different to when you weren't doing that from your perspective I mean it sounds like you're you sort of apply a bit of a nine to five, which I don't, and um, but I am at home most of the time, apart from my two months in the summer in my caravan. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, do you do you think, you know, are you working differently, or you just happen to be in a different country?
0: Yeah, I mean it's been a it's been a long journey of learning. Like I've done, I've been doing this for like four, five years now. Like I had a, a full time job out of university, but that was mm-hmm. my only full-time in-office job really and then I've been doing this ever since yeah and I mean it's taken a lot of learning like I used to move around quite a lot like living that proper quote-unquote digital nomad life like moving to a new city every three weeks four weeks and that was very I found that very disruptive like it was amazing amazing experiences but work-wise and productivity-wise that was pretty disruptive for me and that's the type of things I've just come to learn is like okay I want to be in uh, the same place for at least three months now where I can get a bit of a routine like I know the coffee shops I go to or the workspaces I go to and I get that structure because I've become like a big big fan of James Clear he wrote a book called Atomic Habits yeah it's so epic that's bought a book for uh, like an edition for my dad the moment i started reading it was Mm -hmm. so cool yeah but also yeah just i just started to become really aware of when am i like my most productive how do i work best what type of environment do i need and yeah it's just been a very big learning experience and i think that works for people in um in offices as well like even if you are in an office job working for someone else it's when are you your most productive like is it before you turn your phone on and you haven't checked your emails is it for like a three-hour time span right in the morning just like bang things out as much as you can then before you kind of slip into the distracted ways like just knowing when you are at your best
1: yes yeah and so what's that sort of process like that setup process when you get somewhere somewhere i mean i i always um Say so that I can basically carry my office around in my handbag. It's quite a big handbag, but, you know, it's my, you know, my iPad, my um, uh, MacBook Pro and my chargers and my cables and that's it. I can run my business with my phone as well sort of thing. Um, so for me, going somewhere else, I don't sort of have to orientate myself. I just, you know, unpack my bag. <laughs> but you've talked about, you know, coffee shops and co-working spaces and, and that sort of thing. Is there a process that you go through to settle yourself in and, and get yourself set up?
0: Yeah, a little bit. It's, um, I mean, when I arrive in a new place, it kind of takes me at least a couple of days or like a week to kind of just get like orientated. But yeah. I kind of, I carry myself a little keyboard. I've got like a fold-out um, laptop stand. So kind of, I'm like one of those people with all the gadgets and stuff. Yeah. I've got like my little notebook to the left-hand side. So yeah, I kind of have like my own little space and my own little routine. I think it kind of just like triggers me into a certain kind of productivity flow. But yeah, I was just thinking about it as you were mentioning, like, oh, you just kind of get your bag, you pop your laptop out and you're good to go. I think for me as well, because I'm doing at times quite a lot of like coding stuff. Yeah. And for me, that takes like a lot of focus to kind of get into it. It can be quite draining. So I think the routine helps me in that regards as well. But if I was kind of just like quickly checking in with clients and stuff like that, I could do that on the go as well, but Uh kind of for some, that stuff, I need that routine. I need that like structure.
1: Yeah. To get you sort of in that sort of focus mode.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. for you, can you kind of just almost like at the beach, (laughs) like (laughs) that digital nomad kind of cliche, like pop up your laptop, bang out 30 minutes. Yeah.
1: I think I can. And it's funny. Some people talk about, um, you know, going to coffee shops particularly cause they like people. I go to, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I haven't done it for a long time cause of the COVID thing, nothing else, but the things I've liked about going and working in a coffee shop is not actually the people it's the fact that I'm completely on my own and I don't know anyone. <laughs> so it's almost like I, I cocoon myself with a load of strangers. Um, and mm-hmm. that helps me to focus as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I do, um, I do probably have routines, you know, even at home. I um, I quite often work on my bed and um, I have an armchair in my office as well as my stand-up desk. And I move around depending on the sorts of things that I'm working on. So I suppose there is an element of of um, sort of routine to it. And as you say, sort of set up. Um, and I have always been very particular about my desk. I mean, I'm sure I've mentioned on the podcast before, I, I worked with a, a really good friend of mine now about 20 odd years ago and uh she used to have a little game in our office she used to go and uh, open all the filing cabinet drawers and then time how long it took me to get up and shut them all because <laughs> they <I> used to <laughs> wind me up <laughs> and uh, other people would come and like get my uh in tray and put it slightly skew because I knew that would really annoy me as well um so I probably have created you know structures to to get myself in the in the groove quicker I suppose but I think I'm just quite good at. Um, focusing on the thing in front of me so you know I've worked you know at train stations and, as I say in coffee shops I'd work in my caravan I've worked sat outside something waiting for my daughter to do some activity <laughs> so yeah I probably am quite good at sort of getting there and focusing quite quickly but then I'm not you know often doing really deep stuff like coding and that sort of thing which perhaps uh you know is is helpful so what about that, um, making sure you get done what you need to get done? How do you manage your, your task list? I mean, I've, again, talked a lot about the fact that I've got a very sophisticated setup on Todoist, which blows people's minds if I ever try and explain it, but it works for me. <laughs> How do you do that? What do you do to make sure you get done what you need to get done?
0: It's quite funny because obviously I am a like technology person and I've yeah. tried to Todoist, I've tried Trello, I've tried actual project management softwares like Asana and everything. Yeah. And honestly, for me, the best thing is just like a notebook.
1: And I, don't I, literally, like that,
0: yeah. <laughs> I literally create little, like I draw out bad squares, like as a little checkbox with the task next to it. And I've got highlighters and stuff. And I don't know, it's it just feels like it gives me more of a sense of like, a completion and like progress when I can literally cross something out or highlight it or scribble little notes. I think it's like maybe that whole thing of like the more senses you engage, the more focused you are or something like that.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I said many times on here, there's so many um, guests that come on who like pen and paper and that it really isn't me, but I'm in the very small minority <laughs> of guests on here that say that. <laughs> there's
0: actually there's actually this one program i joined about a year and a half ago two years ago it's this guy named sam ovens i'm sure a lot of people have come across him but uh-huh. when you when you sign up for his course you get sent this printed like hard cover it's like a to-do book kind of but they call it the what do they call it it's like an action action book or whatever yeah and what i really liked is it's kind of got almost what i do in a notebook as well so it's like what are your three big tasks for the day uh what are you like three things you're grateful for what are three big wins type of thing but it's like very structured every day is just the same it's like what are you grateful for three things what are the three things you're going to achieve today did you achieve your three goals yeah like reflections and it's just the same thing every day and that was actually also really really cool
1: yes yeah there has been quite a move towards those sorts of planners in in recent years and um i'm just trying to think of the the sort of big names um michael i can't know what his name is now uh it's gone completely (laughs) but so yeah i think brendan bachard did one to go with his habits book that he did and um oh I can't remember the other guys I say Michael somebody <laughs> um so yeah it does seem to be that more and more people are going back to the sort of more tactile paper driven sort of way of organizing themselves not me yet though
0: <laughs> I've even I've even found myself reading regular books again like just to get a break away from laptops and keyboards yeah, really? and stuff like yeah. physical books yeah
1: yeah, yeah, no, I've not done that either. In fact, I'm having to read my books on my phone all the time at the moment because I left my Kindle in the caravan and I keep meaning to go back up and get it. <laughs> but, <sorry. laughs> One of uh, our previous guests, um, um, Mark Streski, I think his name was something like that, um, talk, showed me how to um, change my screen to be just red so all the blue light goes away. So that's what I'm doing, putting that on and reading on there because I haven't got any other choice at the moment. But maybe you're right, maybe I should go back to a... A real book.
0: <laughs> uh, I promise What's you doing? it's a game changer. Once you, once you start, you're not going to stop.
1: <laughs> so what about um, thinking of technology, tools and apps that, that you recommend? I mean, I think we, we need to take Zapier off the table because you've already mentioned that. I think you need to find some more.
0: <laughs> yeah, so obviously uh, Zapier is a big one, like yeah. not just with my – but also for myself and i know you also use it considerably yeah. for yourself yeah um but also like i think everyone's probably heard of cadenity but Cadendy has been like such a game changer for me especially with time zones because yeah <laughs> yeah you know, having to handle time zones it's an absolute headache so that was that was really really epic definitely really
1: fun. i can add one into that as well that um I use to check time zones is time buddy It's an app on the um, on the phone. And um, that's really good in terms of, you know, double checking stuff before you start when you're not able to use the calendar side of thing.
0: Mm, speaking of that, that reminds me one I use also to compare time zones. And I've tried so many different <laughs> like time zone con- comparison yes. apps. And this one just works best for me. It's just called time.is and then yeah. it's forward slash compare and for me i don't know it just seems to lay out things the most clear and it's been so epic for me as well for that
1: brilliant mm-hmm.
0: yeah. any others yeah being besides i keep things pretty lean to be honest i love notion so pretty much all my note-taking used to be like in keep and google docs and all that but yeah i do everything in notion now Um, Uh i'm sure people have come across it but really really awesome in how you can embed images and docs and nest pages inside of pages it's just like a much for me a much easier way to manage especially documents versus google drive and google docs so that's been awesome and then uh, yeah i mean that's actually kind of it of what I use every mm-hmm. single day, to be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lovely. And what about other people? Do you outsource anything? Do you get other people to, to help or are you very much a, a one, one man business?
0: <laughs> so I used to be for a long time, uh, just uh, doing everything on my own, but I'm sure you've also experienced it. It's like if you do everything kind of on your own, you tap out quite quickly in regards to energy and focus and time and, just like how good your work can be because of distractions. So in the last um, two years, pretty much since I got to Bali, I essentially migrated more towards being an agency, quote unquote. So I've brought in amazing team members like um, uh, Fahim. He's been amazingly helpful in regards to some of the automation stuff and more like Cody type stuff when it needs to come up and, I've got um, Brian who helps with Zapier stuff, um, and then also I've got Donna. She helps me with a lot of my uh, businessy type things, kind of following up with people and just keeping me organised. Like it's mm-hmm. such a weight of my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've realised you you just can't do things on your own. It's no. or it's very difficult too.
1: Yes, and how how did you find those people, and how did you set? up what they were doing because I think those are the two um challenges people have when they they're thinking about outsourcing they 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 would like to do it but they don't firstly know how to find people and then secondly how to actually make it happen.
0: Yeah it's interesting you mentioned that because I've actually found myself helping clients quite a lot with that of like we're like okay cool we've got all these processes that's either automated or delegated and they're like well I don't know how to find anyone. And I've found myself helping a lot of clients, bringing on like a remote team member, training them up. And that's actually the lot of work I do now as well. So one platform I've had amazing success on as a freelancer back in the day and now to find people is Upwork. Like Upwork I found. Donna, who's been amazing. Fahim, Upwork. Brian, Upwork. Yes, it's been really, really awesome because like I've been on the other side of the, the coin of being a freelancer myself. So maybe I also approach it more with the mindset of like, it's just other people on the other side of the world or in another country just wanted to do really good work. So it's yeah. like, I think, um, the fact that it is kind of can be a bit faceless tracks people a little bit. They're like, oh, it's just some random person. How can I trust them? Et cetera, et cetera. But I was like, I was once that person on the yeah. other side. So I'm like, I trust me I can get stuff done so now I kind of approach it the same way and yeah it's everyone I've helped every client I've helped bring in like a team member to start delegating and systemizing stuff more it's like they're like wow I can't believe I didn't do this earlier type thing
1: no and it's interesting you saying about that sort of faceless thing I was um, having a little chat on Todoist with one of my VAs last week about how old our children are now because my daughter's 15 and her son is now four. And I think we've been working together for about six years mm-hmm. and um, we've never actually spoken. So at no stage during our business relationship did it involve a phone call or even Zoom, which I guess now it probably would have done. But um, she's in the Philippines and now uh, we've only ever communicated through email or through now To Doist. But it's funny because, you know, she was saying something about, Ellie and I was like oh she's 15 now she's like wow and I was like oh how old's your son now and you know I remember when she had him and and all that sort of stuff and um it's funny that we have got quite a strong relationship but we've never spoken (laughs) so as you say on that whole sort of trusting thing um like I I love your comment I trust me so why wouldn't I trust someone else (laughs) yeah
0: yeah, I mean, I think that's also a big mindset we can have. Like, yeah, I actually read it in a book quite recently as well. Um, it was a book called "The The Confidence Game." It was actually about um, con artists, so they're kind right. of like a, a, a kind of nefarious topic. But in the book, they were saying most success, the, the most successful people in the world are actually more trusting because you kind of need to be trusting. To succeed, like you need to trust people in deals and working with people, but also successful people are more open to being conned because of that, because they are by default trusting. But it's like you need to trust people to get things done in the world. So
1: mm.
0: yeah, mm. that also kind of nailed it for me in like, mindset-wise.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, interesting. So you talked about um interspersing your work with a bit of surfing. Um, what about that whole thing about sort of making sure you've got enough energy for for what you do and you presumably work with people um, all around the world although I think you just talk about Bali and the the sort of well-being side of things so maybe a few more Mm. people more locally at the moment but how do you make sure that you don't sort of work 24-7 in your own business and make sure that you look after yourself?
0: Yeah I mean that was a that was a Big thing I had to focus on in the last couple of years because, like you said, moving around constantly, you kind of naturally find yourself pushing into the nighttime because that's someone else's daytime type of thing.
1: Yes, yeah, um, yeah,
0: But my the realization just kind of came down to almost, almost like it's a relationship of setting boundaries. Like I, I would say to them, like, hey, before we – I saw just being a lot more upfront with people and saying, like, hey, by the way, for me to do my best work, I need to stick to this, 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 and that. Um, you need to kind of, we need to stick to email for our communication. I will respond to you in X amount of time. And I found that just kind of like setting those expectations of how I work best and how I'm going to do the best work for them upfront from the get go. Most people were will, will like, cool, sounds good. And you kind of, just, I just said it from the start and that really, helped me kind of reel things back in to not be working until all kind of hours of the night or waking up at 5 a.m for calls and stuff like that because I was like hey I'm (laughs) gonna get we're gonna get your stuff done we just need to trust each other a little bit and kind of work kind of together on it yeah
1: yeah and I guess it works the the positive way for you as well that sometimes you're working whilst they're sleeping so that you can deliver things seemingly more quickly to them than they might have expected had it been a local sort of person that they were working
0: with yeah that's one thing I've actually also loved about using uh, um, having team members who aren't in my time zone or Mm. my country is that like you said I might be finishing my day but then uh, Fahim or Brian they're kind of midday and they still got a whole bunch of stuff so I can like quickly shoot off a bunch of looms and videos Mm. and explanations at the end of my day and they're still gonna like be energized to get it done for the day
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what about um, learning and improving yourself, keeping yourself moving? You mentioned, obviously, the um, Atomic Habits book um, and uh, the other one. Um, what What sort of things are you doing to keep yourself moving forwards and developing?
0: Yeah, so big things for me is I've always been uh, someone who's like, decent shape um but obviously traveling around makes it quite hard to be consistent with your exercise and things like that yeah but especially being in places for longer now so i'll always try to find a a kickboxing gym um i do a sport called muay thai which is like kickboxing from thailand so that's really really important It's just like getting those feel-good endorphins and knowing you're kind of treating yourself right even though you might be not working with the best posture and moving around a lot. Yeah. And then also, again, in the last kind of two years is really making time for myself to kind of like treat myself and sit down and journal and make sure I'm making time for myself Uh because, again, it's like I know that by doing those things I'm working and operating at my best and that's going to help me serve people at my best as well.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. And we talked about the Atomic Habits. What are there things that you particularly are doing differently now, having enjoyed that book?
0: Oh, everyone has to read that book, in my opinion. It's so <laughs> good, and it's not even it's not even that long of a book. Like, I think everyone has to read it. Yeah. Um. One one massive massive takeaway I took from it is I think you said it in like literally the first few pages, and it was. Oh, it's actually two things. It's kind of how um, the good and the bad compounds. So like how everyone knows the whole 1% rule, like 1% compounding. If you take positive steps every day, you end up with, it's like 3000% growth in a year, but it's also kind of in the negative. It's like, if you are making those 1% negative decisions every day or once every second day by eating bad food or, you know, you're not doing the outreach you need to do or following up with clients. It's like in a year's time, you're going to be so far off where you want it to be because it's compounded. So that was like a big thing. Yeah. Um, And also a massive one was how he said, don't like, you can't, you can't use your willpower to develop habits because you just, you can't, like you can't willpower your way through doing things. Like you need to set up your environment to do it because yes. well, you're trying to fight against your willpower. You'll just drain yourself completely and you'll be broken every day. But if you set up your environment and kind of use how your brain works against it, or well, in a positive way then you're going to be much much better off but yeah everyone should read that book in my opinion
1: yes yeah yeah, lovely thank you so last couple of questions firstly what about those days when it goes horribly wrong what do you do then
0: yeah i mean to be honest today was one of those days like <laughs> i didn't actually get through the things i wanted to get through i found myself out like, getting distracted and like the one thing I've, I've learned is like you just can't really beat yourself up too much it's like it's going to happen the best thing you can do is just tomorrow you start fresh. But what I what I do try to do on days like that is I try to at least kind of end it on a positive. So I at least tick off one or two small wins at least that I had on my to-do list or something I know I needed to do. So even yeah. if 95% of the day was not in my mind like a win, at least kind of finish it on a win and yeah. then just get back to it tomorrow. Like don't let that um that habit slash routine continue
1: yes yeah i was watching a a little video on instagram today it was a a, an actor a canadian actor i think he's canadian um i follow along um paul green and he had just been filming and uh he was on his way back in the taxi and he said i've got a bit a great bit of advice from the driver and he said you know what what helps you sort of to move forwards each day and it was something like forget yesterday you know like don't get sort of bogged down in worrying about things that have gone wrong or didn't happen or, or whatever just you know move on to the next day sort of thing which I thought was uh, was a good one in terms of that sort of question so last question then what about those days where you get to live more and that's where I talk about you getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do what do those days look like for you
0: um so those days I kind of just get to do my own thing almost
1: yep Yeah, (laughs) so those days, those
0: days, I can actually tell you that exact type of day. So that would be I'll wake up and go for like an hour, an hour and a half surf. And that's that normally covers like a two-hourish period. And then one of my favorite favorite things ever is the coffee and breakfast you have after like a long surf or like a, a heavy workout. It's just, I don't know, there's nothing better than that, in my opinion. So that would be like at least three hours of my day is that surf and then that absolute killer breakfast. Yeah. Then what I normally do is I'd like to be kind of home for a little bit and read for at least 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Then I'll go usually now that I'm in Bali, I'll go to this little spot called seaweed, which is like on the beachfront and you can just like watch the waves and I'll go have like lunch and then normally it's uh, slipping in a massage and just reading more and it's really just seeing a couple of people that I enjoy spending time with and really not being by the, the laptop, like uh-huh. really just shutting off and being away from it.
1: Yes, yeah. You've painted a very good picture there. I'm I'm liking it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's literally that's literally my like perfect day. So yeah. I, I yeah. try to do as much as I can.
1: Yeah, lovely. Thank you, Gavin. It's been great talking to you today. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Firstly, thanks so much again for your time as well. So the best way is just to check out my, my website, which I think will include the links at the bottom, but it's just my name, gavinwiener.com. And that will give you a very like, good introduction to what I do, some of like the ways I've worked with clients, and also my podcast and all various links. And, yeah, from that point as well, if um, if you want to reach out to me to kind of discuss like automation stuff or get in help with bringing people on to get your processes and systems like sorted, then, yeah, you can just shoot me a message from my website as well. It's got all the links to everything else from there as well.
1: Brilliant. Lovely. Thanks, Kevin.
0: Same to you. Thanks very much.
1: All this information is available in the show notes, which you can find on the app that you're listening to this podcast on or if you go to the website powertolivemore.com forward slash in this case 239 hope your preparations for the festive season are in hand and we look forward to speaking to you next week
0: use your power to live more